Ladies and gentlemen, Ladies and gentlemen. it's time to get it on. Get, get it on. Coming at you from a secret backwoods location in the middle of Texas. It's the highly opinionated and controversial voice of traditional old school orthodox Christianity. This is, this is Spiritual Combat with Dr. Scott Sullivan. Hello, hello, and welcome to Spiritual Combat. The show where we engage the enemy using prayer, fasting, and full contact logic. On the front lines and in the trenches, inviting you to join the resistance against the forces of lies, error, and evil. I am your host, Scott Sullivan, and welcome to the show. Now, I want to talk today about the problem with your church. Now, probably you're already wondering, well, how the heck does he know about my church? Well, I haven't been to your church, probably, uh, but I have been around a lot. You know, I've grown up, you know, a Christian as as a child and I still practice as an adult. I've been uh, in Protestant churches as a child, and today, obviously, I've, I'm now a Catholic, and so I go to many Catholic parishes. So I've been around, and I'm just making an inductive generalization here based upon my experience when I say there is a problem with your church. And if, if you don't apply, if you think you're an, an exception to this, hey, fine, great, I'm happy for you. However, uh, this is a widespread problem uh, about which I'm going to talk about today. And the problem with your church is, to sum up in a nutshell, is hypocrisy. Now, I but by hypocrisy, though, I don't mean what people typically mean by hypocrisy because what they typically mean by hypocrisy is a sort of moral hypocrisy where you where you say one thing is morally wrong and then yet you turn around and do it at the same time. So that's a sort of moral hypocrisy. But that's not what I'm talking about here. The hypocrisy that I'm talking about is an intellectual hypocrisy, an intellectual hypocrisy in the sense that the people at most churches, whether it's the congregation or the pastor, typically the problem is that they don't seem to believe what they say they believe. They don't seem to believe what they say they believe. They give what Cardinal John Henry Newman called a notional assent. They'll they'll say these things, and maybe they kind of believe it in a certain way, but their actions show otherwise. And let me give you an example of what I mean. I want you to imagine now that the Christian doctrine is true, okay? (laughs) Imagine that Christianity is true and what the world looks like. What is the worldview here? What is the world picture? Well, the world picture, if traditional, old-school, orthodox Christianity is true, then a lot is riding on the line with our lives. The game of life is being played for big stakes, if you will. And by all appearances, the world is, to use a common phrase, going to hell in a handbasket, it seems. It seems. St. John Chrysostom said, if you want to know the number of those saved, just look around and see how many people violate the Ten Commandments regularly. Okay, So it does seem that way, at least, when we look at the world, that if Christianity is true then we can see really a spiritual battlefield. Uh, You know, imagine a battlefield where 
souls are being lost on a daily basis. Souls are being lost. So you can imagine a battlefield where you know bombs going off and landmines going off, machine gun fire, flamethrowers. But it's not bodily lives that are being lost. It's worse than that. It is spiritual lives that are being lost. So things are really bad. We're in a time of crisis, you see, in this spiritual battlefield. There's a lot of going on, a lot of bad stuff going on. It's a nasty, long fight with high stakes hanging in the balance. Now ask yourself, okay, if that's the way reality is, if traditional old school Orthodox Christianity is the way that it is, and that that picture that I just painted for you is the true one, now ask yourself, okay, what are the soldiers of Christ doing at this time? What are the what what is the army of God, let's say? What is the army of God? What is the church militant doing during this battle? When they get together. Obviously they get together at church and worship, but when when they get together in church and they pray, assume that assume that's all good. Let's just assume that the prayer and so on is good, the sacraments are good, etc. Okay, assuming that is true, still, what is being done during this time of crisis? What do this? What do the soldiers of Christ do when they get together? Well, typically when they get together, they have what donuts and coffee, uh, a picnic, a barbecue, some fun things, etc. Those sorts of things, right? That's the kind of stuff you do when you go to church outside of the typical worship service or mass, wherever you may go. Now, I'm not against these things. I am not against these things. However, if that is all or even most of what you do when you go to church, then there is a disorder there, a clear disorder. It is a disorder for soldiers in the middle of a battle that when they get together and have some extra time to do something about the war effort, that they get together and all they do is spend their time, say, you know, having donuts and coffee. Now, now I am not against donuts. Anybody who knows me knows I love donuts and I love coffee. I'm not against that. The problem is, is that what are we, what else are we doing when we get together at church? In other words, how are we equipping the faithful, these soldiers of Christ? How are we equipping them for converting the culture? I mean, does your church act like souls are being destroyed every day? Honestly, ask yourself that. Given the extracurricular activities at my church, are those activities fitting in an environment in which souls are being killed on a daily basis. Is that activity appropriate in that sort of context? And I think clearly the answer has to be, if that's, what, if that's all you're doing, you know, the answer is no. That is not appropriate behavior for the soldiers of Christ to just be sitting around having coffee and donuts all the time, going home, and that's just that's just all they do. Now you have to ask yourself, is this typical of your church or not? But in my experience, it usually is. Let's just be honest. 
So in my experience, there is typically no training offered whatsoever to help the faithful be effective ambassadors for Christ. There's just, there's just none. There is no training being offered to help educate and evangelize the culture. Yeah, I'm sure they pray. I know people go to church and pray, and I'm not knocking that. Prayer is important. Prayer is necessary. Prayer is foundational. Absolutely, 100%, I'm for prayer. But frankly, it is not enough to just pray. It's necessary. It's important. But it is not enough to just sit around and pray. The apostles could not have just sat around and prayed and to do what they did. They didn't. They could not have done that. And quite frankly, unless it's your vocation, unless you're called to being a monk in a monastery or something like that, unless it's your vocation, to sit around and just pray is cowardly in such situations. You're basically sitting on the sidelines and yelling for help, but you're not getting up and doing anything yourself. So the war, I think, this war, this spiritual battle that is going on calls for more than prayer. It calls for action and engagement. And you cannot act and engage without preparation. So we have a great opportunity when people come to a church to gather and and, and they do their worship service. And then after that, there's a great opportunity to train our soldiers for battle. This is a prime opportunity. This is prime um, chronological real estate that we can use right now to help evangelize and bring about God's kingdom here in this world. But this is not being done. As I said, there is typically nothing being done during this time to help with the war effort. Now, it is certainly true that many churches offer talks and things after the worship service. They, they offer talks after Mass and things like this. But still, even then, usually the topic of these talks is on secondary or even tertiary issues. They're not a matter of prime importance. Usually they are teaching on things that have little to no military significance. We, we need howitzers. You know, we need cannons. We need bazookas. And talks like these are typically like slingshots. You see, they're not directly applicable to what's going on. They're not appropriate given the gravity of the situation at hand. Now, I have to say that the outside world notices exactly what I'm talking about. The outside world, the unbelieving world, sees this lack of concern for souls, which is what I'm saying is the main problem with your church. There seems to be a lack of concern for the most important things. Take, for example, the atheist Penn Jillette. He's a comedian. If you don't know who Penn Jillette is, he is a well-known, popular comedian. He's also an atheist. Uh, I would call him maybe a, a friendly atheist. He's not He's not mean or nasty towards believers. He, is, he himself just, he doesn't buy it. He's just an atheist. But he offers a very interesting, insightful point. In a recent video, he was talking about Christians who don't evangelize or are just weak in their evangelization efforts. And he says he doesn't respect people like that. He has no respect for Christians who do not proselytize. He says, and I quote, I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there is a heaven and hell, 
and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever. And you think that it's not really worth telling them this because it might be, you know, socially awkward. How much do you have to hate someone to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and then not tell them that? If I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it and that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. End quote. So Pangelette here, I think, is right on the money. Is your church really serious? Do those actions, those things, those events, those functions put on by your church, do they show they're serious about winning the war? You see, because right now, quite frankly, we are losing the battle. Some say we've lost this battle, but uh, we haven't been doing very well lately, put it that way. And we have to say, in all honesty... We have not been giving God our best. We have been doing God a disservice. We have not been giving God anything remotely to our best when it comes to evangelization, when it comes to training apostles in those important hours after church. We suck, to put it mildly. So the next time you attend a certain church function, I want to ask you to do this. Ask what is the ROI here? In other words, to use a marketing term, what is the return on my investment here? You know, you're investing your time when you go to this church talk. What are you getting out of it? What, what are you getting that will help this sick and ailing, unbelieving world? What are you getting out of it in terms of that? Ask yourself, is this talk really helpful in engaging a lost culture? Is this appropriate right now? Given that souls are being lost, is this topic or event that critical that we need to spend our few precious church hours together on it? You know, <laughs> our Lord is being torn down in media. Our Lord is being torn down in, in, in academia. Is this talk or this event getting us closer? Is it conducive to our goal of evangelizing others and winning the culture war? I mean, what is the best use of our church time together? We don't have much time together at church. Is this thing we're doing now really a priority item? Is it an appropriate wartime you know, middle of battle topic. I'm just asking. You know, 12 apostles converted the Roman Empire. Today, a billion Christians can't seem to keep their own. There's a, there's a, there's a pandemic of disorder in Christian churches today. It's a pandemic of misplaced priorities. That's what's wrong with your church. That's all we have time for today, folks. This is Scott Sullivan. Visit us on the web at www.scottmsullivan.com where I have some more resources for you regarding Christian faith and apologetics, theology, and things of that nature. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. 
You can do that there on iTunes, or you can do it on your Droid device. Any device you have, you can subscribe to our podcast. That way you'll be notified when the next one comes out. I look forward to talking to you in the next episode of Spiritual Combat. Spiritual Combat Hardcore Catholic Radio Catholic Radio with Dr. Scott Sullivan www.scottmsullivan.com